I eat. I sit down, I'm thankful for. As I looked down at my list of things I was thankful for, I realized they were all positive. And I got to thinking about some of the other things that we'd experienced this past year with, with illnesses, with some of the issues that we faced with issues in our family. As I thought about some of the relational issues I've had to work through with my wife and with my children, and I thought, where is God in those things? And is there something that I can be thankful for in those? You know, we have a tendency sometimes to be thankful when things are good, but how are we thankful when things are not going the way that we planned? You know, I love that passage. On the inside of your program, there's an outline, a white insert. If you would, take that out with me. First Thessalonians says this, We're to be joyful always. We're to pray continually. We're to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, what does it mean? If you could put that passage back up for a second. What does it mean to give thanks in all circumstances? You know, it's easy to give thanks when things are good, but it can be difficult to give thanks when things are difficult. And then there's all those moments in between. In all things, we're to be thankful. And so this morning, I want to take a look at some things that we can be thankful for regardless of our circumstances. So many times our circumstances impact whether or not we're thankful. And so this morning, I want to look at some things that we can be thankful for regardless of what's going on in our life. Because there are circumstances, good and bad, that happen to us throughout the day. But in spite of those things, we have things that we can be thankful for. And then we also have to learn to be thankful. And so the second thing we're going to do is we're going to look at how we can give thanks. So I want to start by looking at some things that we can, uh, there's four ways that we can give thanks to God in spite of our circumstances. And these are on your outline. You know, we can be thankful for the grace that God has shown us. It is amazing that God in his infinite wisdom and his love has seen fit to enter into a relationship with us. That's a grace issue. You know, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says this, For it is by grace that you have been saved. You have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God. We're thankful for the grace that God has shown us. It's by grace that we have been saved through faith, not from ourselves. And so God in his plan has seen fit to enter into a relationship with us, and he extends us grace. Grace is giving us something that we don't deserve. You know, mercy is withholding something that we deserve, and grace is giving us something that we don't deserve. You know, when I was a kid, we used to play the game mercy. You'd do the hand, you'd bang your hands back, and then if it got really bad, you'd cry, mercy, mercy. You know, grace, or, grace is giving us something that we don't deserve, though. It has nothing to do with mercy. Grace is, is the story about God in his love coming down in the flesh. In a sense that he knew we needed a relationship with him. And that's why he sent his son. And so grace is, is doing nothing more than giving somebody something that they don't deserve. So, you know, here's $5. Would you like $5? You don't want $5? Yeah, I know you'll take it. Would you like $5? Would you like $5? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to get you next time. That's grace. Did you do anything to deserve that? No. How does it feel? feels good, right? You got $5. That's what God's grace is. God's grace is giving us the gift of his son. And through our faith in him, through our faith in Christ, we have the assurance of heaven. And so that is something to be grateful for. God's grace is something to be thankful for, isn't it? I mean, when you get something you don't deserve, it feels good. And so as we think about as believers with our security in Christ, we have something that is really exciting. We've been entrusted with this good news about a relationship with Jesus Christ. God came down. While we were still sinners, he died for us. You know, and this grace that we experience is something that typically we, we know we experience that uh, at the moment 
of salvation. The point that we come into a relationship with Christ, we experience that God's grace. But, you know, it's interesting because grace doesn't stop there. We continually experience God's grace throughout life. This past weekend, as our family gathered around the table and all the family dynamics were going on around in our house, we had to continue to extend grace to one another. There was times when I step back and think about some of the things I said or the relationships with my family. You know, when you do things and you know right then it's wrong and somebody ex- extends grace to you, that's a great feeling. God's grace continues to be extended to us. Grace is not about being perfect. Grace is about, some, is about recognizing that we have something that God's given us as a gift and we can continually go back to it. So grace is not just something that happens at the point of conversion, but something that we can continue to experience throughout our Christian walk. Isn't that exciting? That is something that we can be thankful for in spite of our circumstances. And so we can give thanks because of the grace that God extends to us. And then second, we can be grateful and be thankful to God because he has a plan for us. God has a plan for your life. You are not here by accident. If you are alive, if you're breathing today, God has a plan for you. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says this, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plan to give you hope in a future. You know, it's interesting to think about that passage. There is a plan for your life. And so the question is, do we know what that plan is? And so you don't have to wonder if God has a plan for your life. God does have a plan for your life. The question is, Do you know what that plan is? And when we spend time with God, when we get in his word, and when we reflect on our relationship with him, and we study scripture, and when we we, we talk with other believers about what God's doing, that plan begins to unfold in our life. You know, this past month, our uh, men's ministry got together. We had uh, went on a men's retreat, and, and as men, we sat together, and we talked about what are those most important relationships that I have in life? Because I want to know what God's plan is for those relationships. We looked at the fact that our first priority is our relationship with Christ. God has a plan for us through our relationship with Christ. If we're married and we have a spouse, God has a plan for us through a spouse. If we're, if we just, if we're not married then, and we have parents, then God has a plan for us as children. We looked at the plans for us uh, as, as it relates to our kids and our workplace. And so we took all a list of all those relationships that were the most important to us, and we looked at what the Bible had to say about those different relationships. You know, the Bible has to say something about every relationship that you have. The Bible has something to say about every relationship that you have. And when you sit and you study those plans and you, and you study those passages and you ask God to reveal those plans to you, he gives you that plan with clarity. And so as we process through that together, we wrote out goals, uh, what God would have for us, and, and we walked away from that retreat with a plan that God would have for us in each one of those areas of our life. And so we know God has a plan for us, and we can know what that plan is through studying his word and through the fellowship of other believers. And that is something to be thankful for. And so no matter what's going on in your life, whether it's good or bad, if it's good, we can praise God. If it's bad, we can know that God wants to accomplish something through that. And in spite of our circumstances, we're able to give thanks. That is something to be thankful for, that God has a plan for us. And so we can be thankful to God because of his grace, because he has plans for us. And then third, we can be thankful to God because he has prepared a place for us. We have a home that God has prepared for us. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 11, or verse 1, it says this, We know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. And I love that uh, uh, if you think about the, the, the tent versus the building there, he's talking about the fact that there's an earthly tent, but a building from God in heaven. And, you know, 
our family loves to camp. I've got a tent right now. It's about 15 years old, and, you know, the moths have gotten it. And it's, you know, we had a tent when I was growing up as a kid, and uh, we got about 15, 20 years out of that tent. You know, it, it just ended up falling apart. We had cut the back out of it so the, you know, the water could drain out, drain out the back when it was raining, and you know, that tent we ended up throwing away. But there's something temporary about this body that we have that's contrasted here with the fact that we have a, a permanent building from God in heaven. And we know that we can spend eternity there through our relationship with Christ. You know, as you think about your body right now, you might be feeling destroyed already. Some of us are starting to feel that temporariness of our body right now. You know, I've got, uh, uh, I'm still in my 40s. I'm fast approaching 50, though. I'm not quite as old as Pastor Dan yet. But uh, I'm getting there. And, uh, you know, I've I got a weak ankle, man. And there's times when my ankle just kind of gives out. And I think, oh, man, I'm getting old. You know, I have to be careful what I eat now because... I've got a colon that I have to be really, it's really sensitive. I thought, you know, when I was 25 years old, I didn't even know I had a colon. You know, it's amazing the things. As we grow older, the things that we become aware of with regard to the fact that this body is temporary. This body is temporary. But we know that we're going to live eternally somewhere. And so this is not all we have. The Bible says that when Christ returns, we're going to be raised from the grave. If we're alive, we're going to be transformed. We're going to spend eternity somewhere physically. And if we have a relationship with Christ, we have the assurance of that location being in heaven. God has prepared a home for us. If you're a believer, you have a home that is prepared for you. That is something to be thankful for. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, then you have the promise of eternal separation from God. You know, heaven and hell are real places. They're not just a figment of someone's imagination. They're real places. And we're going to spend one place or the other based on what we've done with our relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's amazing that through God's grace, through his plans for us, through a relationship with Christ, that we can be thankful that he has a home prepared for us. And so this morning, I want to encourage you that if you don't have that security of, of that eternal home, if you don't, aren't secure in who you are in Christ, you need to come to the point that you can accept God's grace. You know, it's difficult sometimes. Last night, I had to go to six people, or five or six people, before I got somebody to take the $5 because they thought there was some strings attached. You know, it's like, well, wait a second, man. What's, what's the gimmick here? You know, God's grace doesn't come with strings attached to it. And we need to accept that grace. We need to accept the relationship with the Son. We need to repent. We need to be baptized. And we need to begin growing towards spiritual maturity. And so this morning, if you have not done that, I want to encourage you to accept that grace, confess your sins, repent, and be baptized. Because when you do that, God gives you this amazing gift that you can be grateful for. Even if you don't have that relationship right now, it's something that you can place your hope in and be thankful for it. So if you have questions about that, I want to encourage you uh, to put a note on your uh, welcome slip. And I'd love the opportunity to talk with you about that. But we can be grateful to God in all circumstances and in spite of our circumstances because of his grace, because he has a plan for us, because he's prepared a home for us. And then the fourth thing that we can be thankful to God for is that he is making changes in our life. We can be thankful for the changes that God is making in us. I am so thankful then I am not the same person today that I was 20 years ago. Anybody else say that? I don't know. I am so grateful for the changes that God has made in my life. You know, God loves us enough that he accepts us just the way we are. But he also loves us enough not to leave us there. You know, it talks about in 2 Corinthians, the fact that uh, in chapter 3, verse 18, we who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with an ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We're being transformed. And that passage is on your 
outline as well. But I want you to underline that because that transformed piece is an important part of that passage. We're transformed into his likeness with an ever-increasing glory. And so spiritual growth is about life transformation. We don't make a faith commitment and are done. A faith commitment is where it starts. And God continues to draw us closer into his relationship with himself through Bible study, through prayer, through fellowship, and through some of the things that we're going to look at in just a few moments. But this transformation process is something that we go through for our entire lives. When you stop growing, you've stopped breathing. So God wants to transform us into what? Into a muscular person, into a good person? No, into the likeness of his son. And so as we continue to grow uh, spiritually, we see more and more of the characteristics of Jesus Christ in our life. You know, that's one of the things I love about being a part of the local church. You know, this is a place where, where God changes lives. And it's fun to be able to share those stories with one another. I've, I've seen, you know, God changes lives. I've seen that here. God, God changes marriages and saves marriages. I've seen that here. God spares people and, and moves them away from addictions and, and draws them into a, a more perfect plan. And I've seen that here. You know, I love about the church that it's just a continual flow of life transformation. That's what this is all about. At Springbrook, our vision is to be a church. Our mission is to be a church that is building passionate followers of Jesus Christ, beginning with a relationship with Christ and continuing to grow towards spiritual maturity. It's a, it's a part of who we are individually and corporately as a church. And that is something to be thankful for. You know, we just finished up an emotional, healthy uh, spirituality series, and it was amazing to be able to see some of the stories of things that God was doing in people's lives as they went through that study. Just in the past month, I have grown spiritually. I'm so thankful for that. You know, it's interesting. There's, a, uh, there's an emotionally healthy church uh, study that goes along with that series. And I took this quiz, and, you know, I'm an adult, I'm an adult, I'm an adult, and I'm an infant in one area of my life. And as I was going through this series these past few months, one of the things that I realized is that, for me, I don't stop to process my emotions. I don't stop to think about how I feel. When something happens in my life and it's bad, I think, well, you know, I, I'm grateful that God's in control of that. And as a result, I just move beyond it. And so it was really interesting for me to be able to go back and think and ask those questions about, well, how do I feel about that? What am I learning through this? And so as I look back, even on the last month, it's been amazing to see the life transformation that God has made, not only in my own life, but in the lives of people as they've had an opportunity to engage with Scripture and look at this issue of emotional, healthy spirituality. We have so much to be thankful for. We, have, we can be thankful for God's grace. We can be thankful for his plan. We can be thankful for the home that he has given us. And we can be thankful for the changes that God's made in our life. But this thankfulness issue is a choice. You know, especially when things are, are, are difficult, they're not going the way that we'd like them to. We have to sometimes choose to be thankful. And so this morning, the next thing I want to do is I want to look at four ways that we can choose to express thankfulness in spite of our circumstances. And those are on the back of your outline you know, we can be choose to be thankful by singing. You know, Pastor Dan was talking a little bit uh, a moment ago about the, just the idea of coming into God's presence and finding quiet time and being able to worship God in that way. And, you know, singing is one of those things that we can do that immediately ushers in the presence of God. No matter what's going on in my life, no matter what my circumstances are, no matter what's happening in the car on the way to church in the morning, you know, the second I walk in and I start to sing, there's almost an immediate connection with God. Singing has the ability to do that. Singing is a great way for us to be able to express our thankfulness to God. In Psalm 147, verse 7, it says this, We're to sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. 
make music to our God on the harp. And so there's this idea that when we do this, it's an expression of our thanksgiving. Singing is not just something that we do arbitrarily. Singing is one of the ways that we engage with God and express thanksgiving. I love the worship portion of our service. I love the teaching. I love talking to the people. The worship portion of our service is a critical component of what God wants to accomplish in us every time we gather together. It's an important way that we express thanksgiving, and it's a great way for us to be able to connect with God. And I know a lot of times people have different feelings about, you know, the worship service. Sometimes it's, it's, it's an optional thing. As long as we get there for the teaching, as long as we just kind of show up at some point during the service, you know, that's okay. But that's not the right attitude. Worship is a way for us to directly connect with God and prepare our hearts for what he would have for us, you know, through his message. And so singing is a great way for us to connect with God. It's a great way for us to be able to express thanksgiving to God in spite of our circumstances. And so if you want to choose to be thankful, one of the things that you can start doing is just begin by singing. Christianity is a singing faith. You know, it's interesting. I read somewhere that um, there were there have been more songs written about God and Jesus Christ than about any other topic in history. It's a singing faith. Throughout Scripture, it's a singing faith. The Psalms are all songs. You know, Christianity is a singing faith. And so singing is, is something that we're supposed to do. It helps us to connect with God and it helps us to express thanksgiving. And so I want to encourage you, as you hear songs that you like, look for them on iTunes or listen to them on the radio. Caleb has got a, it's a great, sta- there's all kinds of stations out there. I'm not, you know, Caleb is one of them. But, you know, listen to music during the week. You know, if you've got something going on in your life, you know, just put on a song. If you've got a song that you like, you can put it on your iPod, your cell phones. I mean, it's so easy to connect with God in that way. And so I want to encourage you to to look for opportunities to give thanks to God through singing. And so where are you in in this area? You know, as you think about the singing portion of our service, as you think about your week, do you have an option, an opportunity to listen to music throughout the week? It's a great way to express thankfulness to God and connect with him in that way. And so we can, be, we can choose to be thankful through singing, and we can also uh, choose to be thankful by serving. We can choose to be thankful by serving God. Jesus is wandering around through the desert 40 days. He's left the Jordan, and uh, he's tempted by Satan. The Bible says that the devil came to him, and he brings him up on a mountaintop. And he says, see this? This can all be yours if you'll worship me. And then Luke 4, uh, verse 8, Jesus replies to him. He says, no, it's written, I'm to worship the Lord your God and serve him only worship the Lord, your God and serve him only. And so there's this dynamic that we're able to engage God through worship, but we also are to be serving him. And so circle that word serve serving is an, is an important concept of what it means to express thankfulness to God. You know, I love to serve because I'm grateful for what God has done in my life. We owe God everything. Even when things are not going good, if God stopped doing Anything, everything in my life, if God just disappeared right now, I would still be thankful to him. I could still be thankful because of his grace, because of his love, because of the home that I have for us. We owe God everything. I think there's a mindset, well, you know, I've worked hard for this. And so, you know, there's things that we work hard for, but we owe God that too. I mean, where do we get our talents and our abilities? They came from God. Where do we get our minds? They came from God. Where do we get our bodies to do this physical labor and all this manual work? They come from God. We owe God everything. And as a result of this great work that he's doing us, we have so much to be thankful for. We want to, we want to serve him. That's a part of our, our worship is, is, by, is serving him. 
know, Thanksgiving is a time for us to step back and say, hey, I'm thankful for what God's doing. But in spite of my circumstances, I can also be thankful. And then I want to express my thankfulness you know, through these various areas of my life. And serving is, is one of those. You know, Thanksgiving is not just about food and football. It's fun. <laughs> I love food and football. I really like the food part. You know, but Thanksgiving is more than that. Thanksgiving is stopping to think about what am I thankful for and who am I thankful to. This past uh, Thanksgiving, we had an opportunity as a family um, to do Thanksgiving um, with the Adopter Sailor program. And it was funny because this is the first Thanksgiving that we've actually, you know, been in this area. Usually we're out seeing family and traveling around and, you know, Thanksgiving's all about family. You know, I grew up with Thanksgiving all being about family. And so we're here this year and, and, uh, my wife, Carolyn, had an opportunity uh, to talk to Dan Stewart about the adopt a sailor thing. And next thing I know, we're signed up for all this stuff. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, what are we doing? <laughs> we're signed up for adopt. It sounds like fun. You know, I know it's going to be good. But that's not what I was thinking going into Thanksgiving. But it was so funny because we were able to serve sailors during Thanksgiving. And it was such a blessing. And so it was an opportunity for us to serve doing something very simply that had an amazing impact. You know, those kids were so grateful to have a place to go. They were by themselves. They had a place to go. They had people that cared for them. They had a, a great meal and some fun fellowship. We were posting pictures on Facebook as, as the day progressed, and parents had an opportunity to go on and see their kids for Thanksgiving. And it was so cool because one family actually had a computer screen at their table with the picture of their son there from the Thanksgiving celebration he was having here. I got an email from somebody that says this, Dear Springbrook Church, I want to thank you all so much for providing my recruit with a Thanksgiving meal in Christian fellowship. This was my first Thanksgiving without my baby boy. <laughs> yes, I understand he's 20. The wonderful gift of giving was food and video games for him. But for me, posting those pictures and seeing my child on the Internet in that way made my family's day. It was so great to be able to see that he was okay. I want to thank you and your congregation for making my Thanksgiving unexpectedly special. Isn't that great? And she goes on to talk about some of the ways that she was blessed. But, you know, as I reflected back on that, just, just a simple way to serve, when we lift that up and we offer that to God, as a result of our thanksgiving, God's able to just knock our socks off with other blessings that we don't even know about. You know, serving is an expression of thankfulness. And so we all have an opportunity to serve. Right now, there's people serving. There's people watching your kids. There's people serving at the sound booth. There's people serving in the, on the worship team. And so as we serve together, we serve out of an expression of thankfulness. You know, I'm here this morning not because I couldn't think of anything else to do. You know, I'm not here, I'm not here to, you know, because of, you know, I just, you know, the reason I'm here is because I'm excited about what God has done in my life. There's some things that I've learned through in Scripture that I want to share with you, and it's out of thankfulness that I serve here. And so we all serve out of thankfulness. It's not something that we should be doing begrudgingly because we have to. Service is an opportunity for us to give back to shore, express our thankfulness to God. And so, and we all have a spiritual gift. You know, the Bible says that every believer has a spiritual gift for building up the body of Christ. And so do you know what your spiritual gift is? Do you know where you can serve in a way that the body of Christ is built up and then you can express your thankfulness to God. You know, if you want to know what your spiritual gift is or if you want to know more about that, um, I'd love the opportunity to talk with you about that as well. We express our uh, thankfulness by singing, by serving, and then third, by giving. In Psalm 50, verse 14, it says this, we're to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God. We're to pay our vows um, to the Most High. Our offerings are a reflection of our thanksgiving. 
our giving is a reflection of thanksgiving. And thanksgiving is a great time to renew that, that giving commitment. And so there's three ways I think I want to, as we head into the end of this year, as we reflect back on the past year, and as we think about thankfulness and giving, there's, this is a great time to review our commitment in this area. And so we can, we can make a commitment right now to review our giving. And so where have you been giving? What does your giving look like? Is it an expression of your, thanks, your, your thanksgiving? Is our giving based on our rationale or our understanding of God? Is our giving a, something that stretches our faith? Is our giving something that draws us closer to God? Does our giving reflect the fact that there's eternal rewards that hang in the balance or are they focused on temporary things? Is it genuine sacrifice? You, know, you can make up your own list. But I want to encourage you to spend some time as you think about Thanksgiving to reflect back and look at what your giving looks like as an expression of your thankfulness to God. And so you can do a review. And then second, I'd like to ask you to, uh, to, make a, to, to renew your commitment. Renew your commitment to giving. You know, it's uh, an important part of uh, putting God first in something like our finances that is really important. You know, it's important for you to know that as, as a pastor of this church that the first 10% of my income I give right back to God. And so I think that's important to know because if God is not right in my finances, then everything else is wrong. You know, if my heart is not right in that area, then everything else just trickles down from that. And so we need, I need to renew that commitment because there's things that come up that fight for my resources. And it's not just my money. It's my time. It's my talent. It's my gifts. But finances, especially in this economy, is one of those areas that we're constantly battled with. And so we have to make an intentional decision to renew our commitment to honor God in that way. You know, when we first got married, um, my idea of giving was uh, just dropping something in the plate when it went by so uh, so somebody could see I was doing something. <laughs> you know, it was funny because my approach to giving was, uh, hey, God's all-powerful, and so I'm going to throw all my money up in the air. Whatever he wants, he can keep. Whatever hits the ground's mine. <laughs> I mean, I really had a hard time letting go of my finances. And when I made my faith commitment to Christ, that was one of the first areas that God uh, really changed in my heart. That was one of the ways my wife really knew I was a believer. <laughs> It was like, oh, wow, he's writing a check. Man, something happened. <laughs> Whoa, boy. <laughs> I was excited. That was an opportunity for me to give thanks through giving. And so we need to re- review our, our commitment in that area. We need to renew it. And then uh, third, we need to think, look for opportunities to uh, outdo it. Not redo it, but, uh, but outdo it. You know, if you're not giving anything right now, this is a real easy one. You know, start giving something. You know, if you're giving already, then, you know, maybe you can, uh, uh, maybe you can make an offering to our year-end, uh, year-end offering for Springbrook. You know, we're, we're looking at supporting our missionaries uh, to the homeless down in Elgin. We're looking at um, supporting some things internally with our, our staffing and our budget. And so maybe you can just make a contribution uh, to our year-end offering and just kind of outdo where you already are. You know, I don't want God to stop growing me spiritually, and I don't want God to stop growing me in that area. And so we can look for opportunities to outdo what God's already uh, been doing in our life. Sacrificial giving is a way for us to grow um, spiritually. Thanks and giving go together. Thanksgiving, those two things uh, go together. God doesn't need our money. Um, we need to give. Giving is something that we do, uh, something that is a part of how God draws us closer to himself. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 16, verse 10, it says we're to celebrate. Giving is a celebration, the Feast of Weeks to the Lord. God, by giving a free will offering in proportion to the blessings the Lord God has given you. 
And so there's something about this celebration, the fact that we give back to God as an expression of thanksgiving. It's a free will offering. The Bible says that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. There's something special about this opportunity to give in this way. It's one of the easiest things that we can do as believers is to, you know, proportionally honor God with our finances. And it's a proportional kind of a commitment. You know, I make a commitment to honor God with the first 10% of my, of my finances, but we don't have to stop there. I mean, maybe it's 12, maybe it's 15, maybe it's 50. I mean, God, God's doing something different in each of our lives, and, and so we have an opportunity to think about how we can proportionally uh, give back to God based on the way he's, he's blessed us. You know, tithing is a biblical principle. You know, God doesn't need our money. We need to give. And when we come together as members of our church, one of the things that we actually say is, hey, we're going to make a commitment to support the testimony of this church through, through our giving. It's an important part of how God can use uh, you and your stewardship uh, to accomplish his plans for this church and this, and this community. And it's one of the ways that we can choose to express our thankfulness to God. And so we can choose to be thankful by singing, by serving, by giving. And then the fourth area is by sharing. We can choose to be thankful to God by sharing. In uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 12, verse 4, it's, he talks about the fact that uh, in the day that the Lord's you know, going to return in this coming, um, in this day, we're going to give thanks to the Lord. We're going to call on his name. We're going to make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. And so we're to give thanks to the Lord, we're to call on his name, and we're to make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. We have the greatest news in history. This is great news. You know, if you really believe the Bible is accurate, if you believe that Jesus is God, if you believe that he died and paid the penalty for our sins, and you understand that he's going to return and that this world's temporary and we're going to spend eternity somewhere and you've got a plan and a hope and a future that you can share with somebody to get them there, that is great news. You know, no matter what's going on in our life right now, eternity is waiting. And we know where that home is. We know how to get there. We know how to be in God's presence for all eternity. And, and that is great news. And if you're a believer, if you've confessed Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you have a story to share. Every one of us has a faith story. If you have a relationship with Christ, you have a faith story. I love our baptism class because, you know, in that class we have an opportunity to ask questions and, about baptism. And, but everybody has an opportunity to write out their faith story. And that can be a painful process. Sometimes, you know, just writing that faith story out can be a painful thing. We have to spend time and we have to think about it. And, you know, the older we get, the more, you know, harder it is to think about it. But uh, every one of us has a story. And if you don't have your story written out, if you're a believer, if you are a follower of Christ and you don't have your story written out, I want to encourage you to do that. Because that is such an important part of, of your understanding and remembering that point that you came into that relationship. It's a great way for you to think about and be able to share that with other people. Because if you don't share your story, nobody will. I can't share your story. Your spouse can't share your story. Only you can share your story about what God has done in your life. You know, we in our spiritual gifts class, we, you know, we, we identified 30 different spiritual gifts. Evangelism is one of them. Evangelism is the ability to explain Scripture in a way that moves them towards an understanding of their need for Christ. And, you know, most people say, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism. Well, you might not have the gift of evangelism, but everyone, every believer is called to be a witness. Acts 1.8 says we're going to receive power through Christ, the Holy Spirit working in us, to be his witnesses. And so every one of us is a witness. You know, if you're a believer, you're to be a witness. And that's nothing more than sharing your faith with those around you. 
There's life-transforming, amazing power when we share our faith. As we reflect back on this Thanksgiving, this is a great way that we can express our thankfulness to God by sharing that. So when you go back to work Monday, or when you go back to school Monday, or when you're hanging around your friends and somebody says to you, hey, how was your Thanksgiving? You can say, it was great. I have so much to be thankful for. God's got a plan for me. I know where I'm going. I've got a home. I mean, this is a great opportunity for you to, to talk with other people about what you're thankful for as a result of what Christ is doing in your life. And, and God will honor that. You will be blessed if you can share in that way. There's a story about uh, two guys named uh, Paul and Silas uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 16. If you brought your Bible with you, if you could turn with me there for a moment. Um, Paul and Silas are uh, uh, in jail. It's dark. It's grungy. You know, it's midnight. It's late at night. And these guys are stuck in jail. And uh, they're sitting in this jail. And it says in verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas, they were praying and they started singing hymns to God. Dark, dusty, damp jail. You know, they'd been beaten. They were flogged in a couple of passages before that. They were severely flogged. And they're sitting there. And all of a sudden, they break out and they start singing hymns. And, uh, and praising God. And it says, beginning in verse 25, all the other prisoners are listening to them. Suddenly there's such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer uh, woke up. He gets all worked up when he sees the prison doors are open. He draws his sword. He's about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. And Paul shouted, don't harm yourselves. We're all here. The jailer called for the lights. He rushed in. He fell trembling before, before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and he asked them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Isn't that great? They replied, You need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your whole household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them. He washed their wounds. He immediately, he and all his family, made faith commitments. They got baptized The jailer brought them into his house. They set a meal before him. He's filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole family. I love that story. There's Paul and Silas. They had every reason to be sitting in that jail moping around. They'd been beaten, flogged, midnight, damp, dark, dusty jail. And what do they do? They chose to start giving thanks to God. They chose to start singing. They chose to start sharing. And as a result... God's glorified and others are drawn in, into a relationship with him. You have that opportunity to do that as well. You can share and you can praise and you can give thanks to God in spite of your circumstances. And God will use that and others will be drawn into that. And you have to be thankful first. You know, this is a great story. You step back and look at it from the different perspectives. I can look, you know, God's looking down. I can see Paul and Silas, you know, recounting this story to their friends. I can see the jailer and his family talking about it as they sit around the table. You know, what's interesting is that they, they broke free from this jail. Everything turned out all right, but it wasn't until they started praising and thanking God. So many times we get into these situations in life and we want God to get us out. We want God to use us, but we don't start with praise and thanksgiving. That's the key to this passage. We need to praise and we need to give thanks to God so that he can do an amazing work in us and through us. And, and so sharing is an important part of how we can be thankful to God, but it's also an important part of what his plans are for us. You know, we need Christ first. In order for us to be secure and be able to give thanks for, um, 
for these great plans that he has for us, for, uh, for the home that he has for us, for the changes that he wants to make in us. It all starts with having a relationship with Christ. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you need to start there. You need a relationship with Christ first. And so this morning, I would like to ask you, there's a couple of things, uh, there's some next steps I'd like to ask you to take. If you don't have a relationship with Christ and you want the security that comes along with knowing him as Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you on your welcome slip, uh, you can go ahead and tear that off. Uh, there's a number one across the top. If you want to know more about how to have a relationship with Christ, just circle the number one. It starts there. We can't be thankful to God until we really understand the fullness of who we are in Christ. And so if you want to be more thankful to God, if you want to grow in that area, if you want to know more about that, circle the number one. If you haven't been baptized yet and you're interested in doing that, right now we have between 10 and 15 people that are interested in our next baptism service. And so if you've had an opportunity to make that confession but haven't had an opportunity to identify with Christ in baptism, this is an opportunity for you to share your story. And so if you want to know more about baptism, um, circle that. You know, we are members of one another. We covenant, we commitment, we make a commitment together for what God wants to accomplish in and through us here. And so if you're not a member of Springbrook, you know, our next membership class is going to be at the beginning of the year. You know, take that step. If you don't know your spiritual gift, you know, your spiritual gift is your job description. It's how God's wired you and designed you, and it, it helps you to understand where you fit in. And if you don't know your spiritual gift, you need to know that. You know, I like that Paul, 1 Corinthians, he says, about your spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know, if we don't know our spiritual gifts, then we're ignorant Christians. And so we need to know what our spiritual gifts are. And if you've been through a class and it's been years, I want to encourage you to come back through the class that we have here at Springbrook. I know you will enjoy it. It will help you to get better connected, and it will continue to help you understand God's design for you. And if you understand all those, then you can maybe commit to increase your giving, maybe to start giving sacrificially. Make a commitment to start sharing your faith. You know, if you're a believer, make a commitment to start sharing your faith. Next week, we're going to be starting a new Christmas series. Pastor Dan's going to be kicking that off. And this is a great opportunity to invite people to this new series as we head into Christmas. We'll have some invite cards for you next week. You'll be able to pass out to people. But, you know, commit to sharing your faith with others around you. God will bless you for that. It's an expression of your thanksgiving, and it's one of the ways that you can show your thanksgiving. So we can choose to give thanks by singing, serving, giving, and sharing. So wherever you are this morning, we want to encourage you to take that next step. Be thankful in your giving. I'm going to ask our worship team to, uh, to come out now. And, um, but before they do, I'd like to ask you if you would just uh, join me as we pray and just ask God to continue to soften our hearts up to the things that are important to him, things that matter to him. And as we continue to enjoy this holiday and as we head into Christmas, um, let's ask God to help us keep our eyes on the, on the, on the prize. There's a thing called the home scale, and it looks at where stress, you know, death causes stress, um, divorce causes stress, of all the things that cause stress in life. One of the most stressful things uh, in life right now and the most stressful events occur right now. They're between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so as we head through these holidays, let's not even be caught up in the, the cultural consumerism of the holidays. Let's look at these as opportunities to give thanks to God and to share who we are in Christ with others. Would you pray with me? Father, I just want to thank you for uh, this day you've given us. Every breath that we take uh, just comes from your hand. And, God, uh, we're thankful for that. And uh, i just thank, thankful that, um, that we can rest secure on who we are in Christ. I thank you for the plans that you have for us. I thank you for the home that you prepared for us. Um, God, in spite of our circumstances, we have so much to be grateful for and thankful for. 
And uh, God, uh, we give you thanks for that. I just pray that you would continue to cultivate in our hearts a desire to express thankfulness to you in a more meaningful way. God, help us to be uh, to give our offerings free will, to be able to sing and make a joyful noise and to connect with you in that way. And, and God, help us to be able to share who we are uh, in Christ with others. God, we do these things um, for your glory. Uh, God, I just pray that you would continue to draw each of us close to yourself. We look forward to the great things that you're going to continue to do in and through us. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.